0: This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit org.
1: Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host, and helping take our leadership to the next level is the one and only Richard Blackaby. (laughs) You're glad there's only one. Uh, Yeah, one is plenty. You know, the world is... One uh, father-in-law is all all you can handle. You know, the world is plenty blessed with just just the one. So uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know... That's, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, so this week we want to look at, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about in the past, you know, why leaders fail and, and we've looked sort of at the negative side. And, you know, when you learn, you can learn so much more from a failure, but uh, you just tend to not be able to learn as much from success. And, and oftentimes it's, it's even in the success that that's actually when leaders stop being good leaders. They run into trouble actually when when things are going well so it, it, you know we like war um analogies here mm-hmm. and uh it, because it provides such a clean vision of like yeah. that's the problem here's the solution here's how we strategize and and fix it and conquer uh but when things are going well um it seems like there's a. It's a bit more nebulous. Like, okay, so what do we focus on? Like, yeah. we we were successful, um, so we're going to talk about that today. And so maybe just let's just lay out sort of the the issue with with when things go so well.
0: Yeah, which uh, you don't ever think of it is. As- boy, things are have never been better. Boy, do I need to be careful now. Uh, you know, It's just the opposite. It's, yeah, uh,
1: you've and, been and fighting in the trenches for so long and you've, you finally reach whatever that goal is, whether yeah. it's for your business, for your church, whatever metrics you're using to gauge success, you've reached it, um, and then what happens? Yeah, <laughs> and that's and partly why I think we're always surprised when uh, all of a sudden someone,
0: maybe a prominent pastor, maybe a prominent CEO, and then all of a sudden you discover that they've had a total brain freeze and committed adultery or embezzlement or done something foolish and yeah. uh, and you think well what happened like for years those guys were so good and and uh, you know so uh, admirable and were a, just sort of a picture of good leadership and then in their later years um all of a sudden they they just do something foolish and and that's always been a puzzlement i think to a lot of people uh, people that maybe you admired for years and years. And, uh, and they seem to always just instinctively do the right thing. And then suddenly in their older age, perhaps, um, they do something that just seems completely uncharacteristic to what they've done. And, uh, there's lots of, uh, certainly of examples of that. You know, of course in the, in the Bible, you can think of someone like David that for years, David does the right thing. He he's noble. He inspires mighty men to follow him. He doesn't take shortcuts. He trusts God, uh, even when everything's going against him and everyone wants to kill him. Uh, but it's, but his great, uh, sin happens once those battles are over. Yeah. He's in peacetime. He's, uh, and when his army goes out to, to battle, he stays home and is lounging around on his rooftop and notices this good looking neighbor of his Bathsheba and, the rest is kind of history. It's kind of like yeah. all those years when he was fighting battles and going up against the Philistines and giants on the run. Uh, he does everything right, it seems, and then when he's at the peak, uh, he he messes up. And of course, Solomon, his son, a similar thing. When he starts out, he seems so wise. He asks for wisdom. He's doing all the. He's making all these wise decisions, but then he starts marrying all these wives and building palaces for them to live in and and in his success and his wealth, then all of a sudden his heart turns from God. So his heart doesn't turn from God when he's concerned about whether he'll even be made king or not, or whether his brother is going to usurp his throne. It's when everything is going great that his heart really messes up. And Hezekiah, another great king in the Bible, but uh, it's after he is miraculously healed by God uh, and he, he, his life was supposed to come to an end. He's told to get your house in order. You're about to go to your maker. He has a come apart. He's all upset. And, uh, God grants him some more years of life. And, uh, and then it's in his la- later years that it seems, it appears that he becomes prideful. He, uh, the, the, the Babylonians send some envoys to say, Hey, just want to congratulate you on your miraculous healing. And, And in his hubris, uh, Hezekiah shows these messengers from Babylon all of his treasure. And the Babylonians are carefully taking an inventory of all the stuff there that they're going to come back and remove later. And uh, Isaiah has to condemn him to say, you, you know, earlier on, it seemed like he always sought counsel and he always did the right thing. But later in life, again, King Uzziah uh, you know, he's famous for when he dies, uh, in Isaiah six, Isaiah says in the year that King Uzziah died and Isaiah has this great, uh, vision of God, but Uzziah for years was one of the finest leaders, one of the finest Kings in, in Judah's history. He overhauls the army. He builds new, uh, towers for the walls. He, he actually even, um, puts in new weaponry, uh, modern, um, cutting-edge weapons. He he builds uh, all kinds of uh, of the agriculture and the economy, and, and they've never had such success since Solomon's day. But in his peak of power and prestige, it goes to his head. And one day he decides he's going to offer incense in the temple, something only priests are supposed to do. And the priests are trying to stop him, and uh, and he's gets upset. Do you not know who I am? I'm the king, and and so then God strikes him with leprosy, and he scurries out of the temple at that point, and spends the rest of his days in a leper's house. He can't even go back in his own palace. The, the greatest kings, really, uh, some of the greatest kings in in Israel's history start out well, but it's like they have a really difficult time handling their success. And so they handle adversity great. They're talking to God, praying, trusting him, writing Psalms about him. But for some reason, there's just something about uh, the human nature, I think, that we tend to handle adversity far better than success. And so I've always felt like that's the reason that God doesn't grant success to some people because He just knows it would it would literally ruin them. They couldn't handle it. They'd become prideful. They'd uh, boastful. They they might not handle the wealth that might come with that, or the power, or the influence. Uh, and so we want to just talk a little bit about uh, you know if you're if you're listening to this, you're probably saying, well, then God do whatever you need to in me so I can handle success (laughs) because I want success. And uh, so, you know, what do you, what do you do to keep your feet on the ground Uh, that no matter how successful you are at the end of the day, um, you, you walk away and you're still the same person, you know, and, and there's been lots and lots of studies of people, the difference between people that became famous CEOs, you know, some CEOs when all of a sudden they got their crack at being the number one guy uh they began to have all kinds of excessive demands you know i want i want 6 parking spaces uh, right by the front door just for me uh not one i want 6 and i want a private elevator that only i use that takes me up to the top corner uh office and uh and then there's others like uh, maybe sam walton who owns the biggest retail store chain in the world and he's driving his same pickup truck he has for years. Uh, And you think, well, why is that? That some guys, it doesn't matter how much money they've got or how much influence, they remain the same person. And they've got the money, they've got the power, they could easily do a lot more, be a lot more extravagant. But something keeps their feet on the ground. And uh, for other people, they, they lose all their bearings. Um, so let me mention a couple things. Uh, one is obviously it's just you need to to keep meeting with God. I would say every morning. Uh, of course, when when you don't know if you're even going to have a job or if you can make payroll or if you're going to get fired, uh, your your hostile takeover is going to you know take over your business and get you fired. Well, then it's pretty easy to to pray a lot to seek God, but. When you are number one in your industry, when you, you pastor a megachurch, when everybody thinks that you're God's gift to humanity, uh, then you need to be meeting with God more than ever because you're not, contrary to what you might think, you're not in the same league as God. And so every day you're meeting with someone far, far greater than you are. And that just kind of helps keep you in, in the proper perspective. The best way for you to see yourself clearly is to get a good look at God. When you've seen your Creator, then you you have a better sense of what it means to be a creation. And, uh, uh, and, so, and then listen to Him. Uh, the Spirit of God is uh, very good at sending out warnings, uh, a dis-ease in your spirit that just alerts you that perhaps you're drifting that your pride is creeping in. I'll tell you what, the spirit of God is always alert to pride creeping into our life. Um, and you know, you might get up and make a little speech and sit down and the spirit of God says, wow, that was sure a lot about you. You didn't even mention all of your employees that really did the grunt work to make this success happen. And, uh, you know, you, uh, boy, that was a little prideful. You didn't have to tell that story. You didn't have to go on and on, uh, And they're just ways, if you'll listen, the Spirit of God will alert you. Just Put put off little warning bells ringing to tell you, uh uh-oh, pride is creeping in. Uh, Lust, greed, uh, any number of things. You're starting to compare yourself. uh, you're, You're starting to think that you're really something special when you know really... So much of your success has been the blessing of God, God's favor on your life. Uh, God could just as easily have blessed your competitor, he could have easily just let that guy be the pastor of your church instead of yeah. you uh, that the search committee just chose you and uh you know th- there's just lots of ways where the Spirit of God can alert you uh be careful because uh, and so uh, you, I can't emphasize that enough if you would just honestly. Openly meet with God every morning. He knows, and He also knows if you're going to be in a uh, in a place sometime that day where you'll be tempted uh, to overreach yourself, uh, where you may see a Bathsheba walking down the hallway, or you might uh, just have people that just fan your ego yeah. and 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 tell you what you want to hear. And so the Spirit of God has plenty of ways to. Alert you first thing in the morning. Uh, You're in trouble. You're you're going to face some dangers today. So be careful. Uh, A second one, I think too, that comes not not too far from a close second to that one uh, is listen to your spouse and kids. Uh, uh, You know, uh, you and I both have had the the blessing of marrying Canadians, and uh, Canadians are they're not they don't tend to put people on pedestals. They tend to felt like it is and not get starry-eyed. Um, and I mean, sometimes that can be a fault. They they want to bring everybody down to the same level. But yeah. on, the, on the flip side, though, uh, I know full well that my wife, she loves me and she's proud of what God's done in my life, but she doesn't. She's not starry-eyed by any means, and yeah. she's not shy about telling me what she thinks. And I know full well that if she's in the audience and I start bragging about myself, I'll hear about it later. <laughs> or if I treat people disrespectfully, if I don't treat people as equals, if I look down on people, uh, I know that she'll notice that. And and I also trust my kids will notice that. And mm-hmm. uh, so you know, it's a, it's a good thing when I work with kids and kids-in-laws. That uh, I, I'm surrounded by people that that have a relationship with me where they can say things and mm-hmm. say, "Wow, Richard, that's you. That, you didn't sound like yourself today, or you kind of that didn't. I, I, I'm not sure what was going on today, but that didn't sound very humble, or that didn't sound as God-centered as I know you like to be." And um, and so I I think you know there's just a uh, there's a lot of value in always having some people around you that have the freedom to tell you the truth there's a there's a great story king joash uh at one point in judah uh he he was a child he was almost killed his life was miraculously saved and ultimately he becomes the king and uh and it, but there was a wise um chief priest high priest that took him under wing as a child and uh guided him and counseled him steered him in the right direction and and it says something kind of interesting about him it says as long as that priest lived the king acted wisely mm-hmm. but eventually the priest dies of old age and then the king just goes off the tracks uh starts to persecute uh the very people of god that had done so much to help him become the king yeah and to forsake god and and to be enticed by the the trappings of power and and uh you can sometimes you can just see when uh somewhat oftentimes what happens is someone loses their chief counselor their their conscience or whatever and uh and and then all of a sudden they just veer off course and it, you you trace it back and you realize, well, they had this vP that they talked to regularly that always kind of was a voice of reason, but uh, when he moved on, all of a sudden that voice wasn't there anymore, yeah, uh, or maybe they lost their wife or their husband. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're not acting the same way. So, uh, one of the best ways—and you may not always like that voice—you uh, know, once you get to the top, you sometimes you can kind of feel like, "Hey, what? You know, do I really need to hear this anymore? Like, I'm the I'm the top guy now, and do, do I still need to be hearing that I'm, you know, not that great?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you do. You you do need to to keep your feet in the ground because your feet leadership has its own temptations that um, can lure even some of the, what you would think would be some of the most down-to-earth people uh, to places that you'd never think that they would go.
1: Yeah. If everybody around you is saying yes, then then (laughs) it's time to rethink your inner circle. Yeah. So, well, let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll look at some more when we come back. This fall, Blackaby Ministries is hosting two spiritual leadership coaching workshops, one in the Atlanta area, and the other is fully online. The focus of these workshops are learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The online workshop is September 13th through the 15th, and the in-person workshop is October 21st through the 23rd. To find out more and to register, visit blackabycoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. You know, it's a little counterintuitive that... um It's in our success that we often uh, find ourselves finding the most failure uh, as leaders, but uh, that's what we're looking at today, and uh, we've looked at a few ways to sort of guard against that, and and I think you've got a couple more here. Yeah. As we uh, as we uh, wrap up this podcast,
0: yeah, a third thing would be just stay in touch with your people. Just talk to the yeah. people. You know, walk the shop floor. Listen to people. So what happens sometimes when you become the CEO, or you become the senior pastor, is that oftentimes you get isolated from your people and you're not hearing the grassroots anymore. The people that have the pulse beat of where things are at, what's going yeah. on. I, you know, I think uh, again, Sam Walton's a great example. He used to show up at uh, midnight uh, in the room where all the the, tr- the Walmart truckers would would have their lunch breaks, and he'd bring in a box of donuts and just sit down with the truckers and say, "What are you seeing? You're you're going to all the stores and, and so on, and you know what what are you noticing?" and uh, and they felt like it helped him keep grounded and and to know what mattered and not to not to lose touch. That it's always one of the biggest dangers yeah. of people in top leadership is that they're accused of losing touch with the organization the yeah. people that make it happen the ground troops
1: Yeah and that's tough cuz I think the higher up you go the more insulated you become in an organization you know you're just meeting with your direct reports and then they're meeting with theirs and you know yeah. you're so far removed from sort of the the, the ground floor yeah and uh, you,
0: you end up with just that little group of direct reports and if, if you're not careful they'll all be just telling you what you want to hear Yeah, and if and, they're
1: ambitious yeah they, yeah they may just be telling you what you what you want to hear
0: uh and and kind of a similar thing is also just be talking to customers and clients uh parishioners uh you know sometimes again what happens is there'll be these epic fails where some company will come out with some product and it's a complete flop and you think well how did you think that this was going to be so successful when you were so wrong? Well, because they were talking among themselves. They yeah. they'd not field tested it. They didn't know really what the customers wanted. Uh, there, there's sort of a, two different ways to do that in business. You know, Some ways is you come up with a product and then you try to convince people that they need the product. Yeah. The other way is go listen to people, to customers, and find out what they need find out what they keep asking for you know yeah. I, if, if this just had if you just had this feature it'd be so much better if you just I love your the truck you make but I wish that it did this or it had that well then go and now you know what to make and so yeah. I think Segway is a
1: great uh yeah example of just how yeah they brilliant so idea yeah. just
0: just not what people were asking for this that needed and so yeah keep your keep uh y- you know a line of communication always with the people that you're dealing with, your customer, your client, listen to them, talk to them. Uh, and uh, kind of going with that, a fifth thing is just serve. Uh, even when you're the CEO of maybe a Fortune 500 company or a pastor of a megachurch, I should be able to go up to you and say, where are you serving right now? What are you doing that's just ministering to other people? Uh, so when you serve other people, it just reminds you that you are a servant. You are a servant of God. And you're a servant of your people. You, you are there to serve and the organization. A um, sixth thing is, just remember where you came from. You may be the top dog now, but uh, you weren't always that. You came maybe from a humble background. I, my wife and I talk often of the fact that we both grew up basically poor. Uh, we grew up in very small homes, big families, no, no money, uh, we, neither of us, I can't really remember ever my parents just saying, let's just go out to eat at a restaurant somewhere. I mean, a restaurant to us was McDonald's. If yeah, we were really, oh, yeah. in a, But I mean, there was no sit down, look at a menu kind of, <laughs> I had no memory of that growing up, uh, because yeah. we just didn't have the money. But, but, you know, we also said we're, we're okay with that. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of things others had, but it, it, it kind of reminds you where you, it, I think it's good to remember where you came from. Yeah. You might be a, have money now, he might have prestige now, but uh you know, that's that's you didn't have that. God kinda gave that to you, and God can take it away. So yeah. uh just know that you're an ordinary person who's been blessed is what you are. It's you're not entitled. Uh you didn't deserve to to become a successful leader. God's blessed you, He's shown his favor. You you might have just been lucky as well. And so yeah. just know that that you were one of the fortunate ones that has had an opportunity to lead. And, uh, and don't don't lose sight of that. A seventh thing is just keep a healthy sense of humor you're you're always in danger when you can't handle laughing at yourself anymore yeah. or yeah. having other joke. people tease you you know <laughs> to me that's always a good sign uh if people feel free to tease me uh then that that kind of helps me have a sense that they still see my humanity you know they still see flaws and they feel free to point those out to me. Uh, and I think you need that. And when you can't laugh at yourself anymore, you're in danger. Uh, and I've seen that I've seen people that going up the ladder were really fun to be around jokesters. Uh, you, you, they, people love to tease and banter and then they become the CEO and they get real serious. It's like, okay, well, you've got to treat me with respect now because I'm this, and you know, there's, You just need to be careful with that. Uh, When you stop laughing at yourself, you may be in more danger than you realize. For sure. There's a great story, uh, an eighth point, which is kind of going back uh, to just surrounding yourself with people. uh, But uh, in the Roman uh, Empire time, uh, if you were a victorious general, you would have what they called a triumph, which was a victory parade, and you'd do it in Rome and all of your soldiers would march in the streets and they would be burning perfume and so on to celebrate. And they'd march all the prisoners, uh, captives along that would be executed at the end of the parade. And uh, they'd, they'd showcase the treasures that you had taken, the spoils. And then you'd be coming up in a, in a chariot or some kind of vehicle. Uh, everybody would be cheering you on. But oftentimes they had a person that was assigned uh, to ride with you in the chariot or behind you. And they would be whispering in your ear. Basically, they'd be saying, remember, you're mortal, you're mortal. Uh, And what they were trying to say is, even though it's pretty hard not to get a big head here, uh, the whole city of Rome is all out in the streets cheering you on and saying how wonderful you are. Uh at the end of the day, remember you're mortal. You're yeah. gonna die like everybody else. Uh you're vulnerable like everybody else. Um, and so just don't let it go to your head. And I think in some ways, it's probably good for every leader to have some voice like that, just kind of gently reminding you you're you're just mortal, you're you're just flesh and blood. Uh, yeah. you're vulnerable. Uh a ninth thing, keep your eye on the mission. And if you're a leader, it's not about you. Your organization does not exist so that you can make a good living, so that you can become famous. You are the leader so that you can make your organization better. Uh, your organization uh, has, a, has a goal, has a mission, has a purpose. Hopefully, it's to make the world better in some way by the product it provides or the services as a church or some other kind of organization. Um, and What happens a lot of times is that leaders who get in trouble lose sight of the mission yeah uh, th- their mission is to is to have make a stronger and stronger organization. Well, sometimes what happens though is the leader begins to think that the, the purpose of the organization is is just to showcase them, to make them wealthy. And of course, that happens when leaders pay themselves exorbitant salaries, even to the detriment of the company. You know there's times where the, the company has lost millions of dollars, but then it's still giving their CEO a massive bonus in a year of loss and to say, well, wait a minute, your job was to make profits. You you suffered a huge loss, uh, and yet you're still enriching yourself. It's, um, are you putting the organization before yourself? And, uh, so if you, one of the ways to keep your feet on the ground is to say, um, you know, I, I, I'm here to make my organization better. I remember years, there's a famous story. I think it was about a baseball player. When you're, he uh he had a great uh, year of batting and hitting and so he expected to get a huge uh, increase in pay and he and when the, the when they offered him not nearly as much as he thought he came in and was very upset and uh said uh i deserve a lot more than that and they they said well what place did we come in this year well they came in last place in their division they said, "Well, we can come in last place without you." <laughs> it's like, like you don't you don't yeah. exist. Uh, we're, I mean, there. You know, he obviously had performed well, but he hadn't been able to carry the team to victory. And the whole point of being on a team is to help the team be successful, right. not individual success. And uh, and sometimes as leaders, we forget that we're we are on the team to make the team success, yeah. not ourselves success. But well, so. I
1: think when the team is successful, I think it's easy to sort of just get a little complacent and think that, well, we've, you know, we have did the thing we set out to do and and I think that's where you can kind of get distracted and yeah. start thinking, well, you know, now that we've done that, like maybe I can make a few more bucks or, you know, I'm a bit more special than I should be or, yeah. or whatever. So.
0: Well, and you just, when you, after a victory, you you let your guard down. You yeah. think, okay, now it's okay. We, we don't have, we're not at high risk here. And that's a tenth thing. It's just, I think just to recognize that you are at risk and that you actually have increased risk the more successful you are. The the yeah. temptations become greater. Uh, I think the I think even Satan and sin and temptation temptations become greater. Uh, there's more available to you. There's yeah. more people who want your job. There's more people who want you to fail. There's more competitors who are doing anything to try to bring you down.
1: Yeah. Well I think the higher up you get the more damage you can cause yeah. by a failure. Like if you're if you're entry level, you know, maybe nobody n- notices that you had a failure. Yeah. It's not to say that you're not important, but then when you when you're leading the company um and you have a failure like that, way more lives I feel like are yeah. are impacted uh, both directly and indirectly. Yeah, that's true. And I, I maybe just the
0: last thing the 11th thing to say is just uh keep an eye on your legacy think about how you will be remembered and sadly there's people who've served maybe faithfully for 25 years in an organization but what they're remembered for is their spectacular mm. downfall yeah. in year 26 and uh, you know and and that's typically what people remember is your failure yeah. uh, of course David and Bathsheba like that was a bad year in his life yeah but uh he paid the price for that the rest of his life and his reign and uh and it kind of overshadowed so many years of faithful trusting in God and obedience uh It's a spectacular fail um but really, over the course of a long life, you can only find just a very small handful of mistakes that he made uh but they were they were big ones yeah and so and and they tarnished his career his reputation ever after and so uh, sometimes you, you think about how you will finish well, yeah. how you'll be remembered because you didn't just start well, you didn't work your way up the ladder well, but y- you handled being at the top well. And and oftentimes that means that at some point you'll graciously step down as well. You'll retire, you'll move on, you'll let your successor take over. Uh, and you, from start to finish... You can be a model that can be in inspirational and a blessing to others. And so, sometimes I think if you just keep thinking about how is this going to look, how will this reflect on my family, on my God, on my my company? Uh, I need to be very careful because I'm in some dangerous waters here. And uh, I want to I want to finish the the race. I want to cross the finish line and still be behaving and leading in a way that brings glory to God and yeah. honors the organization that I've led.
1: Yeah, keeping that perspective I think is key and I think that's why you know doing things that maybe you're not good at can help you sort yeah. of r- remind you that you're <laughs> that you are just uh, mortal and human and so uh well this has been good Richard and I, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, I I think it's uh, something we don't often think about is is how do we handle that success and uh, that can be more dangerous uh, to us than even a failure. Yeah. And uh, so appreciate you taking the time. And until next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcasts at blackv.org.